word is life. The word is life. Podcast. Welcome to the word is life. The word is life. Podcast. Welcome to the word is life. The word is life. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Common sense. Is not that common. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Back at you with another episode, episode 24. And this is part two of Life as a Social Construct. Because it, we're going to go into more detail, more in depth than because we just did not have time. In episode 23 to get through all of it. So I must let you know that this episode is being recorded in front of a live studio audience. Pal Pullen is in attendance. You know, he skipped out in the last few episodes, but he's finally back. He's got a spot. You know, we, we rearranged the studio. The studio's looking great. And um, we've added a monitor. Um, wait until we start putting out these video podcasts. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. Pretty nice setup. Excited for you guys to see it. And I'm excited to be delivering this episode. Episode 24 of Life is a Social Construct. Part 2. So, what is a social construct? Well, go back to episode 23 to recap that. But to keep it short... um. The social construction of reality is the process whereby people like you and me, we create through our actions and through our interactions. A shared reality that we all experience objectively, factually and subjectively. And there's some parts of this world or this life or this journey that we totally don't experience so that leads me to that makes me want to say this because this needs to be said we have the conscious mind we have the subconscious mind and then we have the unconscious mind how can we be aware of what we don't know how can we be aware of what we don't know And then once we are made aware of something through knowledge that is bestowed on us through others, how do we truly know that the information that we're receiving is correct? 95% of what we know, we've accepted from what others have told us. So if 95% of what we know we've accepted from others then do we truly have experience to truly know what's real in this world and what's not not necessarily but at least we're enlightened of that fact or theory and then once we are enlightened about that fact or theory we can explore it to see if it's true 
and see how it, it can play out in our lives or if it's even applicable in our lives. Because a lot of things that are created in this world, we are unaware of it simply because we're not attracted to it, simply because that's not who we are. It doesn't resonate with us. It doesn't relate with us. That's why I love this podcast. I love that we were able to create this podcast so we're able to share what's going on in our lives, in our inner worlds, and how it's corresponding to what we see when we look at this three-dimensional reality that we are in. And I want to thank you, wherever you're at in the world, for tuning in right now. Because if you're listening, that means that we're raising in consciousness, we're raising in awareness. We're growing as one. And that's dope. And our experiences may not be the same. Our lives may not be the same. But we can all resonate some way, somehow. Because <laughs> we are here. And we're energy. And we can feel it. You can feel it. I can feel it. So without further ado, let's get it. Social construction of reality. Now there's three phases that goes into the social construction of reality. We have to remember that we are all co-creating in this reality. Even if you don't, even when you don't act, you're acting because you're not producing anything in this world. So some could say that you're not doing a service to this world because you're withholding the the information, the knowledge and wisdom that you have by not using your voice or your gifts. And I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying some would say. That's the conversation that I have with myself all the time. I'm always debating whether or not I should let loose this information or wisdom Or should I withhold the information? Because sometimes, in my delivery and everything like that, you know, I don't want to be like a preacher. I don't want to be a false prophet, none of that. I'm just here to teach what I know through my 27 years of existence and this life that we are living. And it feels so good to be alive. It really does. You know, without the joy, without the pain, without the sunshine, without the rain, there wouldn't be none of this. So, shout out to life. And you are what you attract. So, if you love life, life gonna love you. If you hate life, life gonna hate you. But it's still the same thing. And love and hate is the same thing. So once you realize and see which polar spectrum that you want to be on, 
You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. <laughs> so let's get into these three phases. What are the three phases that make up the social construction of reality? We have externalization, objectivation, and internalization. So we're going to start with externalization first because that's what we are dealing with when we're not in our internal world, when we're not inside of our head, when we're not inside of our body, when, we're, when we are tuned in to what we are seeing around us when we step out into this world. So externalization. Externalization is the process in which we as individuals by our own human activity we create social worlds so through our own human creativity we create social worlds and social constructs is how we relate to what we see it's how we relate to the world so that's how we relate to the trees, how we relate to the ground, how we relate to the sky, how we relate to one of other, one another. That's why we have different dialects. That's why we have different cultures. So we have a sense of identity, a sense of tradition, a sense of safety, a sense of what the hell's going on outside in this world. So we're better so we're able so we're better able to understand this world externalization now is broken down into three environments we have our physical environment we have our social environment then we have our cultural material environment the physical environment that's nature now that's given to us the social environment that's culture that's what we create. That's what humans create, right? And then we have the material culture. That's tools and technology. And then we have, you know, beliefs, values, and norms. What's socially accepted? This all ties in to externalization. So for the physical environment, such as nature, like rivers and the ocean and even trees, right? So they're just there. We, as humans, we give meaning to rivers. Like people could be baptized in a river or that could be like a sacred river for some sort of ceremony or tradition or rivers can be used to transport goods right well we can create bridges over um rivers transportation so by us acting upon nature we are creating social worlds because we're giving nature what values beliefs and we're making it socially acceptable to do these things in nature and i for one don't like paying 35 dollars to go to the grand canyon i don't 
nature is nature. We should just be able to go out there. You know what I mean? How are you going to tax me to go look at some shit that was there before we even got here? You know what I mean? That's that's just how I feel. That's one thing I don't like about national parks. How they got to tax your ass just to get in there. That's greedy. That's greedy. So <laughs> I'm not going to get lost into that. But that's how the physical environment plays into the role of externalization or the phase of externalization. Then we have the social environment. That's our cultural beliefs. Those are created by us. That's why there's so many different cultures. That's why you have businesses trying to create cultures within their establishment so they can provide a comfortable workplace for people like you and me if we so choose to join that type of workforce or workforce <laughs> workforce i sound like uh that pig from uh <laughs> the looney tunes um but let's let's get back on culture <laughs> on the social environment yes yeah, so social environment that's culture that's what we create look at hip-hop hip-hop is now the popular culture in the united states and there was a point in time where the narrative was that hip-hop was just a phase it was just a trend nobody wanted to hear that he bopped the bebop boop bloop bop but now look at it everybody want to be hip-hop you can't dodge it you can't escape it it's us so that's a taste of the social environment and you know the material culture those are tools technology like computers tvs hammers wrenches all that we put value on that money we put value on that we put value on that so that's the material culture that's how that plays into externalization so moving on yes moving on we are now moving on to objectivation now what is objectivation that's the process whereby humans approach everyday life as if it's already been structured for us has already been prearranged for us and sometimes these days when we wake up they have certain energies that are going to impose their will on us but we're still independent of it so Basically, if it seems like you're having a bad day, you don't have to have a bad day just because you think you woke up and you thought today, just because hypothetically it's bad day day, but then you say fuck that and you have a good day. That's you being independent of this prearranged reality. So what is objectivation again? That is the process whereby humans approach everyday life as if it's 
as if life has already been prearranged for them, but is still seemingly independent of human beings. So it could be bad day day, right, for you and some stranger that's sitting right next to you. But you could subscribe to bad day day and you could be having a bad day and that person is having a fantastic day, a fantastic day, just a glorious day. And he don't get why you having a bad day, even though it's supposed to be bad day day. <laughs> but anyway, objectivation is broken into two phases, two factors institutionalization and legitimation now institutionalization occurs when meaningful behaviors become routine and habitual so your morning routine your day-to-day routine that is you becoming institutionalized to whatever you're doing Wherever you're working at, you become institutionalized there because you have to conduct yourself a certain way. You are structured as to when you can take your breaks, when you can leave, when you can show up. (laughs) Also, institutionalized like when you go to school, when you graduate from high school. What do you get? You get your diploma, your high school diploma. And you've been institutionalized through those years of school. Waking up, eating at this time, going to different classes at this time, learning how to study, learning how to take tests. It just becomes habitual. And then once you get out of high school, some students are lost because they don't know what they want to do because they're so used to that school, that structure, that lifestyle. And once all that structure is taken away, it's sink or swim. So it's up to us to build some type of structure and become institutionalized to that structure. So we have some sense of self. And at the same time, we are totally aware that we are creating our life when we are doing that. And that shouldn't be feared. So if you are not taking full advantage of your life by not creating different ways for you to succeed, for you to get better and to help better the lives around you. Then I hope this podcast make you want to change that (laughs) for real because these are conversations that I be having with myself and I'm able to have this conversation with you all now that's why I'm so thankful for this podcast because we are all growing for real Becoming more aware of what we didn't know. 
Now, the second part, the second phase, the second attribute to objectivation is legitimation. Now, that is when we give meaning that is cognitive and moral that will justify whatever we're talking about, that will justify our means, that will justify why we act how we act. So legitimation justifies on a moral and cognitive basis. Now, what structures have human beings created for legitimation? The number one thing that pops into my mind is religion. It's religion. Because when you put God behind it, it automatically is supposed to hold this magnificent weight. Like it's supposed to be taken serious. Like when you hear somebody say, on God, on God. You're supposed to take that seriously. But we're so oversaturated with that phrase. We don't even think that person's telling the truth when they say on God or something like that. We think they cap it. They want to sprinkle that phrase on there to you can tell a lie and say that and then make people think it's true. Legitimation. You want to justify it with God. There are some religions out there who will kill you in the name of their God and justify it with that God. Religion, right? Religion places the source of meaning beyond the human realm, beyond human reality, beyond our consciousness. You know, it it defines deviance as evil. We should frown upon it. It's not looked at as an alternative way. It defines what is right and what is wrong. And since religion defines what is right and what is wrong, who's to really say what is right and what is wrong? Because could it be an alternative or how would you ever know if that was the right or wrong move if you're never in that person's shoes? Who are we to cast judgment? Who are we not to cast judgment? (laughs) But since religion defines right and wrong right and gives people an outlet to to be forgiven for their wrongdoings religion can be liberating 
It can be the ultimate sense of righteousness. It can be so empowering for a person. Because through that religion, they're able to see a change that they want to see. And not only does religion define what's right or wrong, it justifies all life. It gives meaning to life. It tells you the creation story. It gives you a creation story. That's why religion is, for me, the number one legitimation when it comes to the second phase of the social construction of reality that we're talking about, which is objectivation. So now that we've finished externalization, we glossed over objectivation, we're going to go on to the final stage, internalization. Now the last phase of the social construction of reality it's internalization. Now this is this is the this is the one where it can get confusing and get tricky because yo just stay tuned, just stay tuned, just stay tuned. Now internalization, what is internalization? Now internalization is when human beings learn the legitimations of the institutional order. Through the institutional order when you learn the institutional order through delegitimations, right? You will see that society is a human product. You'll see society as an object as an objective reality. And you will see that humans are a social product. Then one would have to ask. Who are we really? Who are we truly? If what we know is really what we don't know is what we're told. And what we do know, we want to know more. We always want to know more. More of what? I couldn't tell you. It's whatever you're into. But. When people say that we should act a certain way or we don't act a certain way. We internalize that a little bit. We do. Whether you want to admit it or not. I mean, if you're great, when somebody says that you can't do something. Instead of trying to argue with your words, you're going to show them through your actions that you can do it. Right. You know you know you are. You know you're that person. You know you're that person. Don't even try to refute that. Don't even try to refute that. So, society is a human product. We're all co creating each other's reality. But we can also look at it objectively, too. We can understand that, yo, we give meaning to life. We make life worth living. 
or you can make it worthless. You have the choice. You have the choice. You can create the identity that you want for yourself. You can create the type of lifestyle you want for yourself. You can create a certain routine. Day-to-day routines, diets, whatever you want for yourself, you can create. It's all within you. So when you're acting it out in this 3D reality, you're bringing out what's already within. So if you're not bringing out what's within, you're letting your potential energy go to waste. See, this is this is the energy-based field that we live in. It's all energy. Everything's alive, everything's moving, everything's vibrating. You can be like a tree, you can sit still, you can grow. You can bear fruit. You can, or you can choose to let your culture define you. You can choose to let the world define you. You can let the world tell you who you are. You can let the world tell you who you want to be or who you're going to be. You can let the world dictate your life because the world will do that for you too. And there is a lot in this world that we have no control over. So do you want control over your life or do you want this world to take control over it for you? And that, my friends, is the three phases of the social construction of reality. Now, 95% of what we know, we've accepted, we've accepted from others. Then what's true? What's real? I know I'm real. And I know you're real. And if I'm capable of changing the world, then hot damn, you're capable of changing this world too. I swear, if you're listening to this, wherever you're at in this world, I hope that you're striving to be the best you i hope you're striving to motivate not only yourself every day when you wake up but you're motivating others through the way you move your actions and how you conduct yourself in this day-to-day life because look all social construct all a social construct is is us identifying with the world around us it enables us to relate to others right it adds value and meaning to this life that we're living. Okay? It makes life less mundane. It shows that our awareness is growing and we're evolving in consciousness. But as we evolve consciously, right, are we getting lost into technology or are we getting lost within ourselves? I want to know. I want to know. So, as always, follow us on social media. Like us up on Facebook, Spooky Visions with a Z. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out the website at www.spookyvisionsllc.com if you have any questions. Feel free to reach out to me there or at my email. Spooky, spooky visions 
at gmail.com. Again, that is spookyvisions at gmail.com. If you have not copped the book, A Love So Blind, go ahead and make that purchase, man. It's going to change your life. It's going to open you up to what love really is and how love can blind us and what we choose to be blinded by. So if you're listening to this, you made it this far. I want to thank you. You're a special soul. I love y'all, man. Love doing these episodes. Had to get the energy right. We right. We back, baby. We never left, though. Shout out to you. I love y'all. As always, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Speeds in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Signing out. Stay tuned.